Good morning, Zion Hill. How's everybody this morning? My brother say, are y'all ready to pray? Are you ready to glorify God? Are you ready to lift him up high? Well, you know what he already done for you. You ought to be ready to just give him all the praise that you can give him. So I just want to welcome everybody in this house today. Do we have any first-time visit in Zion here this morning? If so, raise your hand so we can just love on you. So I see everybody here this morning is family. Father, we thank you for what you already done done. We thank you for what you finna do, God. We thank you for the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the power that works. Lord, we give you honor this morning. Oh, we magnify your holy name. You're worthy. You're worthy to call our Lord, our God, our Savior. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this morning, Lord God. Because if it had not been for the Lord, we wouldn't be here this morning. So we just bless your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let me try one more time. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Anybody don't mind praising and worshiping the Lord this morning? Can you give God some praise and open up your mouth and bless him? We're going to do this song that everybody knows, a little spin on it. But let me see if you know the old school version. It says, Jesus is so the mainland. Tell him what you want. Everybody helps him. I hear out there. Tell God. do a spin on it right here. Can you clap your hands like this? Yeah. Yes, sir. Come on and clap those hands. Same song says, Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Oh, 
Oh! 
He's turning around and he's turning around for somebody else. Look at somebody and say, 
He's turning it around. He's turning it around. I don't care what your situation is like. He's turning it around now, 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 now. He's turning it around for you. He's turning it around. Yeah. He turned around. He turned it around.
what he done last night when we laid there and slept. But early this morning, early this morning, he woke us up. Started us on a brand new day. We don't deserve it, but he did it anyhow. He's so worthy of all the praise. Of everything that we get thinking for, he's worthy of it, y'all. He's done so much for us. Usher, y'all can get ready to come on. We're going to give God some glory. Because if I stay up here too long, I might shout today, y'all. For all that I know that God has done for me. Sometimes my heart overflows. Because the things that God has done, he don't stop. He continues to do it. In the book of Leviticus 30, he said, All the tithes of the land and offerings, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. So when we begin to give God his back to what belongs to God, see, God really don't need our money. But he's trying to teach us how to be obedient. Thank you, my sister. How to give, y'all. Not only that we give our money, but we give our heart and our time unto God. We should never get tired of giving what belongs to God. Because all of it belongs to God. All of it. So we can give online today. We can hit that QR code on the stream or text to give to F3256 and enter Zion Hill Family Dollar or go to Giving of the Church website. Father, we thank you this morning because everything belongs to you. Even me, God, I thank you this morning. That, Lord, you lie one more day. We ought to be excited to know that, God, that you still love us more than we can ever imagine. More than we deserve. But I thank you this morning. Because you're telling us everything belongs to you. There's nothing left but everything belongs to you, God. And, God, we ought to be excited to know, God, that you have blessed us with more than abundance. Everything, God, from our children to grandchildren, from grandchildren to your job. Because God allowed your job to be able to give back to God. So we thank you this morning. And most of all, God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that with us every day that teaches us how to be humble. In Jesus' name, amen.
the Lord. We are grateful to our music department for leading us in worship this morning. Thank God for the opportunity to praise God. Thanks to all of you that came early to pray. Between prayer and praise, the devil knows not to stick around. So will you please help me thank God for a spirit of worship and prayer in the house of the Lord. We thank God for all of you for coming out to the house of God this morning. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. I know it's cold, but thank God you are still here. Amen. That takes dedication and that takes commitment. We also want to welcome all of our guests in the house. Amen. It's always a blessing to see people come and join us to worship the Lord. I see our, our minister, he was here this past Sunday and he's back all the way from Mississippi. We welcome you in Jesus' name. We appreciate you. It was a joy just to chat with him and pray together. It's, it's lovely when the Bible says, Behold, how, how good and pleasant for brethren to dwell together. We're grateful to see our own Deacon, Deacon Brown, in the house. Amen. God still working miracles. So we honor all of our guests in the house of God. Please make yourself at home and let's just celebrate the Lord Jesus together. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bible, will you please turn with me to the book of John, chapter 1, verse 46. The book of St. John. Chapter 1, verse number 46. For the sake of time, I just want us to look at one verse of the scripture for our consideration. The book is John, chapter 1, verse 46. The Bible said, And Nathanael, said unto him, Can there be anything good coming out of Nazareth? And Philip said unto him, Well, you don't have to take my word. Come and see. That's all I want to share with us this morning. While you are still standing, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. 
Our Father and our God, we are grateful for another day of blessing. This is the day the Lord has made it. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, O God, for waking us up. Thank you for our health and strength. Thank you for our families and loved ones. Thank you for still working miracles in our lives. Thank you for answered prayers. Thank you that you are healing our body right now. One songwriter said, the Lord is blessing me. Not in the sweet by and by alone, but right now. And we say thank you. Thank you for the word of God. It is precious. It's a blessing to have a roadmap, a blueprint for life journey. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will use your servant to proclaim what thus says the Lord. Help our hearing. Help our understanding. And we know and we agree that the word of God will not return void. Bless somebody more and more. Heal us beyond our imagination. Glorify yourself in this house. We shall be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. It is in Jesus' name we pray. And the church say, Amen. You may be seated. Today I want to talk with you about a subject titled Identity Crisis. Please take note, in the world today, there are different kinds of crises. Am I right about it? But today I want to zoom in and zero in on not any kind of crisis, but identity crisis. Why is that important? We live in a world where many people simply don't know who they are. Even our young people are asking questions. And they are pushing all kinds of strange religion and strange doctrine. Why? Because they really don't know who they are. Many of you, along with me, we grew up as a boomer. And for the baby boomers, we don't question our parents. Whenever they tell us to do something, we simply do it without asking questions. But we need to know that it's a different time period. The millennials and the Generation Z, Generation X, they just don't want to do things. They want to know why they're doing what they're doing. So it is very, very important 
that the church do better in explaining why we do what we do. Because nationally, statistics are showing that young people are leaving the church in groves. And yet, the same studies are showing young people have a heart for God. So, if they love God, they're hungry for God, but they don't just want to, to buy any story. They want the word of God to be explained. They're asking questions about the Bible. They're asking questions about Jesus Christ. Is he black? Is he white? Is he an American? Is he an European? Is he an African? And they don't want people to be tiptoeing around the facts. And in 1926, a gentleman by the name Dr. Woodson, he made a request that America begin to celebrate the contributions and the achievements of black people. Part of the reason why young people are leaving the church is because they will tell you Christianity is a white man's religion. And the church has done a poor job uh, defending the word of God on this subject. And so Dr. Woodson was asking if America would take at least one week to celebrate the contributions of blacks, the achievements of blacks. And they started the Black History Month during that period, but it was for a week, not for a month. Then those of you who are students of history, you will recall that in the year 1976, President Jerry Ford decided to grant that request and instead of granting a week, he granted a whole month. And that's why we have what we call black history, not week, but month. So it's a national thing. Many of you may not realize it, this Black History Month is not being celebrated just by America alone. There are other nations who also celebrate Black History Month. Uh, one of the grace that God has given me during this month, I'm very, very busy going different places, just sharing with people about what God is doing in the life of blacks all over the world. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, you need to know that it's not just in the secular world, even in the world of God. The blacks, the continent of Africa has contributed so much to this religion called Christianity. That's what the young people want to know. 
if they don't fit in into this gospel, they're asking the question, why should I believe it? But you and I need to remind people instead of just hooping and hollowing. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. And all of your getting, get understanding. The Bible also said in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So while it's good to shout to feel good, but please let's educate our young people. And not just the young, even there are some adults who have no clue what is going on. But the Bible is not very difficult to understand. Every one of you ought to be proud to be a black person, a black man, a black woman. Because if the truth be told, the Garden of Eden is not in America. It's not in Europe. It's right there in the continent of Africa. Am I right about it? You need to let your children know. The first man that God created, Mr. Adam, Miss Adam, they were not Europeans. They were not America. I love America. It's my country. But that's not where Adam come from. You need to let our young people know there are so many references to black men and women in the word of God that we need to help our young people know that Christianity is a religion for everyone, not just for any particular race. The truth be told, even the entire Israel, you know it and I know it, they went to Africa. And they were there for more than 400 years. Do you think they would go to a place if it's junky? In fact, uh, the world power, when they went to Africa, was in Africa. And of course, you know many characters in the Bible, even Moses, who wrote your Ten Commandments. Guess where he was raised? Africa. If you recall, his father-in-law, Mr. Jethro, who taught him how to be a leader, who helped him to understand how to organize and delegate, who taught him about political strategy, Leadership strategy. That Mr. Jethro is an African. So a lot of what you're reading from Moses is grounded in the culture of Africa. And of course you will know, ladies and gentlemen, that even Jesus Christ, when the going get tough and the tough get going, 
Guess where God told his parents to take him? Africa. And that's where they raised him. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's where they nurture him. And don't be surprised you get to heaven and Jesus starts speaking Swahili to you. Surprise, surprise, surprise. So my message is that this month is not to put any race down. It's not to bash any group of people. But it's to celebrate who we are. Amen. There's nothing wrong to celebrate yourself. There's nothing wrong to know about your ancestor, your history, and how God brought us to where we are today. And ladies and gentlemen, if you remember, God decided at some point to destroy the whole planet Earth. And the only family that survived was that of who? Noah. And if you follow in the Bible, it's so simple, it doesn't take much <laughs> difficulty to comprehend it. So I don't blame the young people for questioning. It is because those of us adults, we are doing such a lousy job. Letting them know that they are part of God's plan. Noah, ladies and gentlemen, had three sons. Am I right about it? And one of those three is Ham. And the Bible made it clear that Mr. Ham is a black man. I feel like shouting already. Maybe I should have called this, this, this sermon, I'm black and proud. And you need to know, ladies and gentlemen, that Mr. Ham, the black son, had four kids. And the Bible quoted their names, who they are, what they do, the color of their skin, and all those details. The four kids of Mr. Ham are number one, Cush. When you read in your Bible, any reference to Cush is always about Ethiopia. Genesis chapter 2, verse 13. One of the sons of Ham also is Mishram. Mishram are the fathers of the Egyptians. You need to be aware of that. It's found in the book of Psalms, chapter 78, verse 51. Then you need to know the third child is called Mr. Put. And Put is the founder of the people in Libya, not Africa. And then you, you know about the fourth child by the name Canaan. And Canaan is the father of the Canaanites. These are all black people. All over the continent and beyond. Why am I telling you? You need to know that one of the children or grandchildren of Mr. Ham is Nimrod. And Nimrod at some point literally dominates the entire world. He had two kingdoms, Assyria and Babylon. And you probably will hear the conquest of Babylon. 
Babylon became a great nation. Babylon dominates the whole world through one man. If you remember when they were trying to build a tower, <laughs> the whole project was led by a black man. And even God admitted, we better go and confuse the language because they will achieve their goal. Are you all still here? You know what I'm trying to suggest to you? You are blessed. You are part of God's plan. God's kingdom. And you are to celebrate that. Ladies and gentlemen, even David, if you study the word of God, David's grandmother was a prostitute. The Bible recognized her. And she was a Canaanite, a black woman. And David is one of the most powerful king in Israel. Not just in Israel, but in the whole world. Those of us who have been to Israel to visit, you will notice till this day, they are still marching around the grave of David. Instead of just putting him on the ground, they put him above the ground. And they had two priests round the clock sitting next to that casket. And they have military Watch him. Some of you, you are there with me. But little did people know that his ancestry was partly black. The same thing with Joseph. When Joseph, the dreamer, ended up in, in Africa, guess what? He married an African. And those African, those, those uh, marriage produced two sons. One of them is Avery. I made many contributions by blacks. Even Moses married an African woman. I mean, I can go on and on. My message to you is that you don't have to have identity crisis. If you know who you are, then you'll be very proud. Like James Brown said. Amen. And I'm praying that will be the mindset of people in this community, beginning from this church. God has done so much for us. I read you this scripture today because I want to show you an example of people who are having identity crises. You might say, what can we get out of that text? It's very simple. At this time, Jesus was building his team. When you hear about 12 disciples, that's a team. Just like your pastor, I have a team here. I know exactly who I can pick the phone and call. I know who does what. Now you all come and you see the lights on, and you see the floor clean, and you see all the nice things. No, it takes planning. It takes a team to do all of that. So Jesus, at this time, was trying to put his own team together. 
And the Bible said Jesus found Philip. He recruited Philip. And then Philip went and found Nathaniel. Am I still in the book? Yes, sir. When he came to Nathaniel, he said, hey, dude, you won't believe this, but we have found the Messiah. Notice when you meet Jesus, the natural tendency is for you to get excited. So the first thing you do when you first came to Jesus Christ, and I went through the same thing, you get so excited and you want to invite everybody. That's what is going on. That is why Philip ran to the city to tell Nathaniel, I have found the Messiah. Sometimes when God gets hold of you, you get so excited. Not only are you willing to invite people, you want to give them a ride to church. You want to take them to Popeye. Give them whatever incentive to come. Because you know you're knowing that they're no good. And if you tell them they're no good, they'll get mad at you. But you can invite them to Jesus. You invite them to church and let your preacher man or your preacher woman preach the gospel to them. And the good news is attractive to everyone. But part of the problem of the church today is that we come to Jesus, but we're inviting nobody. And so you see many churches are virtually empty. This is a major problem, especially in America today. Especially in Europe today. Now, if you go to Africa today, guess what? The churches are packed out. From little church to big church, people are rushing. People will travel for miles and miles on their foot to hear what thus says the Lord. So I can pack the car here and encourage all of you, myself included, don't just know Jesus. Do like Philip. Tell somebody about him. Invite somebody to come to the house of God. You don't have to preach to them. But you can tell them, you just come and see. Come check it out yourself. I don't have to tell you about the singing. I don't have to tell you about the preaching. You are smart, you come and see. Every church ought to have a come and see ministry. If your church is not growing, it is because your come and see ministry is weak. Am I telling the truth? Ladies and gentlemen, I will even tell every young woman here, don't date anybody. Unless they subscribe to going to church. Don't just say, let's go to the movies. Let's go to the nightclub. Let's go to Mona. Let's go and do... No. Say, okay, baby, we're going to church. If you don't learn to get your man to church, 
Believe me, it will cause you a lot of pain down the line. Eventually, you're going to need the preacher. But this time, it's going to be for counseling. And it may be too late. So save yourself. And if you find a man that says, no, I don't like church, then let him know I don't like you either. Amen. Sometimes you got to be real with people. Amen. So before you commit your life to any man, don't gamble with your life. I've watched too many people suffer and cry needlessly. So take care of your business up front. Talk about God. Talk about Jesus. Talk about his church. And wait, look for his reaction. The Bible says, what good does darkness have with light? The Bible warns, don't be unequally yoked. So you won't have to cry someday. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to have a come and see ministry. And the Lord will reward you for that. Please notice, when Philip found Nathaniel, he told him, we have found the Messiah. Somebody shout, we found him. Say like you mean it, we found him. When there's a question there, Philip said we found the Messiah, but have you found him? And just because you are in church does not mean you knew the Savior. Just because you are in the church does not mean you have found the Messiah. So in times like this, I don't know about you, we all need a Savior. So you need to be very sure that your anchor is whole and grieve that solid rock. And that rock is Jesus. Philip made it very clear. I don't know about you, but I have found the Messiah. One thing that caught my attention as a theologian is that when Philip said that, Nathaniel got excited. Because everybody knew the Messiah is coming. So Nathaniel was excited. He was rejoicing. But then Philip continued to talk. If Philip had stopped right there, Nathaniel would jump all day for joy. But Philip said, he is from Nazareth. All of a sudden, Nathaniel goes quiet. Nathaniel said, what did you say? Did I hear you right? Did you say Nazareth? You got to be kidding. No, Philip said, 
He is from Nazareth. And that's when Nathanael kind of back up. Then he asked the tough question. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Ladies and gentlemen, Nathaniel's reaction helps me to understand one thing. There's a problem of identity crisis in this passage. Nathaniel had no problem until he found out where Jesus came from. And you'll be surprised how people will react to you. If they meet you for the first time, they say, come and see. Charlie can sing. Everybody will get excited. I'm coming to check out. And then when you say, she from Samtown. Oh, Lord. You say, you say there's a star in the community. He can preach the gospel. Everybody get excited. Man, we've been looking for revival. And then when you say it's from Lower Toad. Oh, Here you are, you say, okay, we finally got a star quarterback. We've been looking for quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And man, we found one. It's big time. And everybody said, oh, yes, let's go. Let's say it's from Sonia Carter. Well, 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 well. You know, for, for Nathaniel, apparently, he knew something about Nazareth. And he had an opinion about Nazareth. Nazareth had a reputation of some kind. And that is why Nathaniel did not expect anything good to come out of Nazareth. Ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly how I feel sometimes. Even about my own self. It's not always about a city. It's not always about our community or our neighborhood. Many of us, sometimes you feel intimidated. You feel you're not good enough. I never will forget I was conducting a, a marriage retreat somewhere in the city of Lafayette. You must be there. And bless God, a total stranger approached me and said, Pastor, what you are teaching is so profound. You need to publish it. He said, you need to publish that. I'm here listening to you. You're saying something very serious here. But I never could see myself as an author. I'm saying like Nathaniel, can anything good come out of me? Now, I see myself as the one reading other people's book. But I never thought 
that I could write a book of my own. You'll be amazed how many people in the pews today are thinking just like Nathaniel. Can anything good come out of my neighborhood? Can anything good come out of my children? Some of you will even ask the question, can anything good come out of me? And as a result, we are not performing at the level of our gifting by God. Ladies and gentlemen, identity crisis is a serious problem. Nazareth was not like Jerusalem. Nazareth was not like Capernaum. Nathaniel knew what's going on in this city. In Jerusalem, I is bubbling for commercial activities. In Jerusalem, it's bubbling for religious activities. But in Nazareth, ain't nothing going on. So for Nathaniel, he say, you got to be kidding. Did you say Nazareth? Isn't that the place where one lady, um, uh, baby's mama don't know the daddy? Nathaniel had no problem believing in the teachings of Jesus Christ. He had no problem believing in the miracles that Philip told him about. He got excited until he found out where Jesus came from. They couldn't believe that the Messiah of the whole world would come from our town like Nazareth. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lesson there. With the fact that he was one of them, they couldn't accept him. Part of the problem in our community is not the people out there. We're having problem accepting our own self. If they had told them that Jesus is from somewhere else, oh, they will receive everything he has to say. They saw the miracles. They hear the teaching. They know this is profound. But when they found out he was one of us, then all of a sudden, a lot of question marks. Do you have problem believing your own people? You'll be amazed how many people will fall for somebody else even just because they don't believe in a member of their own church or they don't believe a person of their own skin color. This is an identity crisis. When you're willing to support total stranger. Somebody you've never met, you don't know, and that's how some bad people get elected. And nobody talking today. 
I hope this month will be a time that we will reflect and say, are we having identity crisis? And can we learn from the word of God and do better for our own? Many of you will be surprised. People will be excited about a young child trying to become something until they find out there is one of us. They couldn't accept the fact that something good can come out from the same church, the same neighborhood. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, when you have a view of yourself as no good, you have an identity crisis. And if you're not careful, some of those ugly views have been shared by somebody else. And if you allow people to label you or to call you what you're not, then you will not be able to perform to the level of God's expectation. And if people call you something funny, something bad, long enough, eventually it's going to stick. So don't let nobody label you. Don't let nobody stereotype you. Don't let your own failure dictate who you're going to be. Are you listening to me? Because if you don't, after a while, you start to believe that nothing good can come out of yourself. You'll be amazed how many people. I never will forget, uh, we at work, there's a, a lady, her job is just to pick up the trash. That's all he does every day. And one day I just invited her, I said, sit down. Let's talk. I want to get to know you. And he was shocked. All of her life, what she knew is that when some black make it to higher position, they look down on other people. She could not believe that I'm willing to have lunch with her. <laughs> and I just want to hang out just to socialize. He said, Everybody's in their own silos. Some people that say they think, oh, they, they, they're way up there. Then some people that think they're way down here. Then some people that think they're way, way down here. And we allow the devil to create division even within our own self. You become so sophisticated, people cannot talk to you. People cannot shake your hand. They can hug you because you think you're all that. You know what I'm trying to say to you? It's good to know who you are. It is because we allow people to shape us and call us whatever they want to. Then you see, 
all the labelings continue to change. One time, we are people of color. Only God knows what that means. There are some point, then we are Negroes. There are some point, the labels change again. Now we are blacks. The last time I checked, this ain't black. Am I missing something? This is as chocolate as it could be. But if you're not careful, people will call you something and you hear it long enough, then you will adopt it. Then at some point, we are Africans. I never will forget, I was, I was going to school in Baton Rouge, and, and I was a student leader, of course, in there's something called Student Bar Association, where you're the president of the whole law school. And I would go around calling everybody, hi, African, African, hi. I'll be shaking their hand. And oh, I met one, hey, no African. <laughs> He was so offended. And now, <laughs> he will come and he will say, you know you were right, I'm African. <laughs> that was 30 years later. It took him 30 years before he could discover his ancestry. Now we're called African-American. Just mark my word, very soon they're going to change it again. But it's not what anybody try to call you. What matters is who do you call yourself? What matters is who does God call you? The world will define you if you don't define yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, the sad news is that the biggest challenge for our young people today is identity crisis. They're trying to find out, who am I? Who am I? How did I fit in in this big picture? What is my purpose? Many people are suffering because they don't really know who they are. And the problem, ladies and gentlemen, like Nathaniel, many of us are trapped in our Nazareth mentality. We have a picture of what Nazareth looked like. And because we think Nazareth is no good, or whatever, Sonia Quarter, Sampton, or whatever place, and you let the perception of others color your thinking. You're going through life saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Then we begin to make excuses for our success. People will say, I'm not successful because I'm a black man. Some will say, I'm not successful. I couldn't go further in life because I'm an African. Some will even say, it's because I'm a woman. You see, labels that the enemy has planted is now shaping your thinking. 
My prayer for all of us today is that we will let go and let God. Why is that important? Because God cannot really do what he wants to do in our life because we have changed our own sin. Because we are having identity crisis. That is why I'm saying we need to let go and let God. For some people, the holdup is our past. So we are trapped in the Nazareth of our past. In, the, in this room, as I'm talking to you now, you'll be surprised how many types of Nazareth is present. For some, it's sexual molestation. Something that happened like 20, 25 years ago, but it has become your Nazareth. You held on to that. I see, I cannot go beyond this. It's still dominating your perception of what your future should look like. Many people in this room, we are imprisoned by failed relationships. I've seen people tell me, no, I can't get up there to be singing. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. You allow your past, past relationship, to become a Nazareth. You are trapped in it. And maybe that relationship failed five, ten years ago. But you are still living in it right now. It has become like for Nathaniel, your Nazareth. And you say, nothing good can come out of this. Even when God sends you a new person, a new woman, a new man, you're having difficulty accepting anything because you are trapped in your Nazareth. In essence, you are saying to God, can anything good? Come out of Nazareth. Notice at first, Nathaniel was excited about Jesus coming until he found out where he came from. Many of us believe that God is great, but when we start to reconcile the greatness of God with our own brokenness, all of a sudden, you don't feel like coming on the stage because you feel you know you're not qualified. But if you really think about it, who among us is really qualified? If you really think about it, the people that you think are better than you, if you move close to them, you found out that we're all in the same boat. Many of us are still trapped in our past failure. Many of us are trapped in our past mistake. And then many of us are too religious. We are looking down on each other because of our past mistake. It's not even the devil condemning us now. It's us looking at each other. Oh, what can he tell me? That preacher just got divorced. You see? 
you are saying, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Some of you, you, can, you, are, you, you, you are so trapped in your Nazareth that you feel you're not even qualified to teach Sunday school. You're not qualified to sing in the choir. You feel not qualified to be a deacon. And it just goes on and on. And as long as you get yourself trapped in your Nazareth, the devil is having a field day. I never will forget true story. Somebody called me one day and said, Brother Pastor. I said, Yes, ma'am. And then she introduced herself. And she said, Okay, you're Deacon, Deacon so so so. Um, it's no good. <laughs> and I said, Ma'am, wh- why you there when God made him? No, no. He said, but I got a tape. And sure enough, she played the tape to me. True story. Some of my deacons here know. I share with them. He said, then she knew enough about the church. She said, tomorrow you're going to have communion. You remember that story, baby? <laughs> and then he said, now, she said, now, you make sure you remove him. Because he is disqualified to serve communion. Many of the problems that we have as a people, I know I'm on TV, I'm not scared of nobody. I, I, I hope by now you know. It's not the enemy doing us wrong. We are our own, we are putting ourselves down. We are condemning ourselves. We are judging our own children. And when somebody makes a mistake, the Bible says, you who are strong, restore him. No, we're not restoring one another. We are kicking out one another. We are hurting one another. And then you wonder why there's no progress. Let's talk about black history. Know who you are. Be proud of who you are. If somebody messed up, let's gather around. Let's restore that somebody. Because today may be him to... Hey. I can tell you stories. After story. Somebody came to me about one of my preachers. Another one came to me about one of my music leaders here. I got the photo. Let me show you the photo. I said, well, I'm, I'm glad you got the photo, but you're not God. I don't answer to you. I answer to God. My God is a God of another chance. My God is a God of a second chance. He gave me a second chance. Love one another. I was, I, the other day I was speaking at LSU. I've been, I've been traveling a lot. I was in Nakedizen and, and then in Shreveport and uh, some business community, Rotary and all that. I, just talking about who we are. Amen. What is good about us. And one of the things I share with them, you will never see me in any mess. Amen. Life is too precious. 
Why will you say, because somebody is this color, you're not going to vote for him? Or because somebody belongs to this party, you're not going to. How stupid that is. And then you miss your blessing, and then we all stuck. We are rowing round and round, and the city is not growing. The parish is not going. People are leaving us. No business is coming in. And then you wonder, where is God? I'll tell you where God is. God was trying to come in, but you tied up his hand. Ladies and gentlemen, because of Nazareth, Jesus remained limited in what he could do for them. You know what my message is? Know who you are. Don't get trapped in your past. Don't get trapped in your failure. Don't get trapped in your mistake. Don't accept anybody labeling you. They didn't create you. They were not on the phone when God made you. If you messed up, pick yourself up. Just because Nazareth had some fault, just because Nazareth had some disregard, no, that don't mean nothing good can come out of Nazareth. It's the, like the devil is saying to you and I, you're not good enough for this, or you're not good enough for that, or you're not qualified for this. But with God, all things are possible. So let me end this story today as we celebrate this precious month. My message to you is very simple. If you believe that for the rest of your life you're worthless, and guess what? The devil will make sure that you're worthless. It will be hard for you to worship a God who thought they're so worthy that he came to die for you. Here you are, you're thinking, this person no good, that one no good, this one can't be no mayor, that one cannot be parish, no. And you set up all these parameters and nothing is moving. So we're dancing around and around in circle. The people that can sing to you, you disqualify them. The people that can preach to you, you disqualify them. The people that can help your church to move, help your family to do better, you shut them down. You say, Nazareth, 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 you disqualify. And, and guess what happened? Nothing is growing. And guess what young people are thinking? They can't wait to get out of high school so they can get... get yeah. Let's do better for the glory of God. Amen. I say let's do better for the glory of God. Can I get an amen? So let's make people more welcoming in our community. Make people more welcoming in our church. It will grieve my heart to find out again that somebody comes and the only reason they left is because they don't feel welcome.
You know what the Bible said? He came unto his own. That's right. Sure right. It was his own people. It was his own people. But as many as receive him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those are the ones he gives power. To become sons and daughters. Can you imagine if everyone under the sound of my voice we embrace this simple teaching this morning. Know who you are and do your best to accept one another. As the Lord God accepted you for the glory of God. Come on, stand to your feet. I want us to pray. And I want to pray a prayer of deliverance. You know what we are delivering from? Many of you, and I've been there my own self. People reject you, and you're hurting, and you're wondering, what have I done? I'm only trying to help this man. Why is it that he never see anything good in me? I'm only trying to help the community. Why can't they see it? You married a man, or you married a woman, in your, in, your, in your spirit, you're saying, I just want to make this man better. But everything you do, it's not good enough. What do you do? But God sent me to remind you that you're really not the problem. Some people are trapped in their own hurt in their own pain that they can't even see any good you're doing for them. And you have to be tough enough like Jesus is still the Savior whether they give him a red carpet or they don't. He is still a prophet whether they recognize it or they don't. And so you have to know it is really not you. The person that is giving you a hard time, something is wrong with them. They are trapped in their Nazareth. And until God delivered them, so all you can do is just keep on praying, keep on believing and keep on doing what is right. Don't worry about what they do to you. Because the Bible says, God who sees what you're doing in the secret, he will reward you in the open. Yes, sir. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for revelation knowledge. Holy Spirit, we are grateful 
that you made us somebody. We are not an afterthought. Your word is full of Bible examples of black men, black women doing great things throughout history. Forgive us, oh God, for our failure to teach what is good about us. Forgive us, oh God, for our failure as church. We are too busy having church. We never take the time to teach our children who they are in Christ. Give us another chance. It's not going to be just programming and dancing and, and, and wearing African jalabia. No. People want to know, who am I? Where do I come from? What is my purpose? Help us to understand your word. Where we are hurting, oh God, I pray for healing. Healing in the church. Healing in the community. Help us to accept one another, to love one another, to encourage one another, to build one another up, to help each other's children so that we can make it as a community. I come against every spirit of division. Have your way in this house. Have your way in this community. Let Central Louisiana be a, an oasis of justice, an oasis of plenty, an oasis of opportunities. Lord, you already positioned Central Louisiana. Nobody can go to the north or south without going through us. Now help us to love our own self. As you loved us. Help us to love one another for your glory. I hear somebody say the best is yet to come. Have your way in this community. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Somebody shout amen. It is so. Come on, give the Lord God a clap offering. Thank you for studying the word of God with me. I wish you a wonderful day in the Lord. And let's begin to practice true identity of who we are. And let's change this community for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. God bless you. If you're looking for a church home while everybody's on their way out, will you please meet the pastor and his wife here? We want to invite you to this church. We want you to be a part of what God is doing. Please, all others, I bless you in the name of Jesus. May the grace of God be with you and your family. May the mercy of God continue to chase you. May the devil never find your address. May the favor of God be upon you, your children, your children's children, everyone connected with you. I pray that you will find favor with God. You will find favor with men all the days of your life. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen.